Hey y'all, this is Krista, a member of the Ghoul Squad. <laughs> and you are listening to a Paranormal Chicks. Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 33. And that's our lucky number. One of our favorite numbers. Yep. So this is going to be a shit show. No. <laughs> because I'm getting a cold. I know. But you know who's not getting a cold? Krista, because she sounds amazing. She freaking killed it with that intro. We are so excited that this week is kicking off our 31 Nights of Halloween. Yes, we just did a live, y'all. And it was a shit show. <laughs> it was a laughing fest, which aided in Carrie sounding like she is an 80-year-old smoker. I mean, no judgment to 80-year-old smokers no. from an ex-smoker. No judgment. No, not at all. But However, yeah, already getting the tickle in my throat. And then Donna made me laugh so fucking hard on that live that now I sound like this. <laughs> I was already coming down the pike. You know what I mean? Y'all know the drill. If you want to introduce an episode and be as amazing as Krista, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay. Are you ready just to jump right in? Bo is. He is sawing all the logs. <laughs> I don't know if Will, because Will is a master editor, so you can't hear all the ambiance we hear. Well, Will says that he can't hear it either, really. And then that's before he like drowns all the background noise out. <laughs> But Bo is fucking getting it. So for all of you that said that you were hoping to hear Bo snore, you might hear him today. I literally, like, when he snores his big ones, I feel it vibrate in my feet. (laughs) I'm not lying. (laughs) My feet are on the ground and I feel it. (laughs) You know why? Because Marley came over this weekend and wore him out. Yes. All right. This one goes, y'all. I don't even know how to begin. I guess I should probably preface with this. My email is going to be long as hell. Yes. In bold. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I have two stories I would really love to share with you, but because I'm such a Donna and get distracted with details. (laughs) Hey, now, I feel attacked. (laughs) But But they're right. It's on point. Mm -hmm. One story breaks off into another story. Then I have a backstory for that one and another backstory for that backstory. You get the idea. I think I'm going to split the story into two emails because I'm terrified it won't be delivered in one. Here it goes. Picture it. I grew up in a tiny ass town located in the middle of the Texas panhandle. I'm sure y'all know how it is. Small town living. You know everyone and their dog, especially if they live in your neighborhood. Well, across the street, there was a man we will call Mr. P, who is a bitter old fart that lived alone in his house until he was put in an assisted living center by his son. Well, that sounds like it would be me, Sans' son part. Yeah, I was gonna, I swear I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) About me. I mean, about you too, though. (laughs) His house sat abandoned for a few years, and around my sophomore year of high school, we learned that Mr. P had passed away, and his remaining family were going to put the house up for sale. My mom, who claimed to have been in love with the house ever since she saw it as a kid, jumped on the opportunity to take a look once it went on the market. That thing was a wreck, in all caps. Oh, shit. Was he a hoarder? Mr. P had basically been living as a hoarder. Oh, fuck. 
foreshadowing, uh huh, foreshadowing the foreskin over there with to your doppelganger. <laughs> there were boxes and trash piled up about four feet high in every single room. He pretty much just had a wheelchair path that went from the front door, the bathroom, the kitchen, and his recliner in the living room. I mean, it was basically bumpers, like, you know, Mm -hmm. bowling alleys. Mm -hmm. That's what he did. Speaking of recliner in the living room, this is how disgusting he was. When we later moved that recliner, there was a huge black blob sitting on and soaked into the hardwood floor. After doing a little investigating, oh my God, oh my God, we figured out he was so lazy that when he was sitting in his chair and dipping his snuff, he would just peel back the chair cushion, spit his dip in the crack, and then squish the cushion back down, letting it drip down to the wooden floor. Literally, they write WTF after that. That made my stomach churn. Donna is lit. I wish y'all could see her face right now. She is literally, her eyes are watering. She's so my speechless. Mouth, my mouth is watering. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> like, that turned my stomach, and I am not lying. Oh, well, duh. I wasn't ready for that. I, I, why you think I said, oh, my God, oh, my God. I was expecting you to go the shit route. I could have dealt with that. I was not ready. No. Oh, no. Oh, the smell. Oh, there were canned food items in the kitchen that had bust and leaked black gunk from being so expired. (sighs) The popcorn ceilings were soaked with nicotine from the cigarettes that it had begun bubbling up and peeling away, coming off in sheets. Well, he was just DIYing it the way he knew he could. I mean, oh, God. This was just the main floor, too. It also had an attic and a basement the same size as the upper level. I can hear Donna go, a basement? Nothing's good about a basement. Mm -mm. Laundry, demons. Yep. And then they say LMAO. Any responsible human would have gone running from this shithole of a money pit, but my mom just had to have it. Okay, I'm going to stop you right here. Because this is every freaking start of a scary story is... Mm -hmm. This house was on the market. I had mm-hmm. to have it. It was calling to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Okay. Then they say, let's be real. I was excited to get my own room with a door. The old house was laid out weird, and my room was in the middle of everything. There was no such thing as privacy. That's how Tiffany's uh, room mm-hmm. was in high school. Yep. After two whole years of cleaning junk out of the house and making it livable again. Two years? Mm-hmm. We finally moved in from across the street. I was so excited to sleep in my new room and be able to close my bedroom door. It was amazing. Until I started getting this uneasy feeling when I would lay in the dark. Remember, tiny ass town equals no light pollution. So once the sun goes down, it's dark. It was like the feeling you get when someone was watching you times a thousand. Mm -mm. At first I thought, eh, it's just new house jitters and they'll go away eventually. Nope. They started getting stronger and stronger until I honestly had the feeling a few times that if I reached out into the dark, I could touch whatever was giving me that feeling. Oh, fuck no. Mm -mm. Nope, don't like that. Mm -mm. I started waking up in my bed, already sitting up and staring at the wall that touches the headboard. Look up, child's pose. My legs were like that, but my back was straight up, not laying down. Guess what time it was when I looked at my phone? 
Yep. 3 a.m. Shit's pants. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I would have that feeling someone was watching me, I would repeat the waking up at 3 a.m. But then my mom started getting real pissed at me in the morning, asking me what I was doing making so much noise in my room at night. Y'all, I started sleepwalking because of all of this. I never had sleepwalking episodes before we moved into that house. I started noticing weird things when I would wake up after these episodes. Once, the furniture in my room was all moved around and the rug was messed up. My stool was upside down in the middle of my room. Another time, I pulled all the clothes out of my dresser. My senior year for Halloween, my parents had a few other parents from my class. There were like 30 people in my graduating class. Threw us a Halloween party and built a haunted house in our basement. It was so much fun and surprisingly creepy. They had strung fake spider webs throughout the stairwell going down into the basement. Well, that night, I woke up from another episode at 3 a.m. covered in the fake spider webs from the basement continues to shit pants oh fuck Uh -uh. no Mm -hmm. what the charlotte's web's going on here (laughs) they say i grew up in a baptist church i am saved i know i can't be possessed by a demon because jesus lives in my heart i don't know what was going on but i know the devil will do his best to distract you and that must have been what he was doing to answer a question for y'all regarding why everyone in their stories mentions calling out to God or Jesus when they feel threatened, this is what a pastor told me. When you're feeling scared or like something of the devil is nearby, call out God's name because it banishes the devil and his demons. They cannot be in the presence of the name of God. After a lot of praying and calling on God's protection, my episodes just stopped. I haven't had one since, and it's been almost seven years now. Sorry for the long email, but I am so pumped for y'all to read it. I sure love hearing y'all joke and laugh and just have a good old time together. Love y'all so much. Carrie, part two is coming soon, and that's all for you. Creep it real, y'all. S. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. That was so good. The feeling of someone watching you, when they said they could reach out their hand and touch whatever I know. was watching. Mm-mm. Don't like that. I can just see it in a movie where, you know, someone yes. is reaching out and like the creepy old hand is like. Going right to meet there. it, but then oh. they pull it back right mm-hmm. as the hand was getting close to mm-hmm. them because they're like, oh, can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Hey, girls, I wanted to submit my husband's story from childhood. We'll call him A. It's a doozy. So let's jump in. When A was born, his parents bought an early 1900s house near a major railroad area. It was originally used as a temporary lodging for the railroad. Why did I get this one? Mm-hmm. For <laughs> lodging for the railway workers. The layout is a lot like a southern shotgun home. We're from Iowa, so those aren't quite as common around here. There's one tiny kitchen, one tiny bathroom with an original clawfoot tub. Yes. Oh my God, I know that sounds amazing. One main room, living, dining combo, two bedrooms that are connected by a closet. The ceilings were huge, probably 15 to 17 feet high, and there isn't many windows. So it's very dark and those high corners are very deeply shadowed. A and his two brothers shared a bedroom. A's older brothers had the bunk bed, and A had his own little bed. Also important, there is not a single window in this room. 
and the doors are very heavy, solid walnut doors, so they don't move easy, and light does not peek underneath them. Another thing of note, A and his family are very religious Lutherans. This comes up later. Also, this is crazy. I feel like it's mirroring the story you just read. Mm -hmm. So now that you have the general layout and the backstory, let's get to it. A was six or seven years old. He wasn't 100% sure, but this is one of his earliest and most vivid memories. And as usual, he laid in bed for a while, listening to his brothers argue quietly before he finally fell asleep. Much later in the night, I guess around two or so when it's the most dark, A woke up. He saw something in the corner of their room, a huge black quote-unquote cloud that was floor to ceiling. Mm -mm. A was, of course, terrified, but he was too scared to move or cry. He just pulled the covers up over his head like any other kid would and prayed that it would go away. After a bit, he fell asleep and didn't bother saying anything to his parents or his brothers. Even now, as an adult, he wasn't sure if this first time was a dream or not. Things were fine for a time, but around Christmas, A started seeing the shadow again. As time went on, the shadow got darker and darker and more person-like. I don't like that. Only that person is 15 feet tall. What? Mm-hmm. Every night for months, the shadow visited and A cried himself to sleep. Oh. Repeating the Lord's Prayer until he basically passed out. Again, crazy with the parallel to the last story. Yes. Towards the end of these visits, the shadow started whispering very, very quietly to him. A has no idea what it was saying. He was crying too hard to actually hear it clearly. Poor, poor baby A. Like, I cannot even imagine. After months and months of sleepless nights, A finally told his dad about the shadow. His mom is very old school Lutheran. She would have never believed him. From A's perspective, his dad went very pale and basically shut down. Oh, shit. He told A it was fine. It was his imagination, say his prayers, and go to bed. A then, of course, stopped telling anyone about the shadows' visits, but they continued. After almost a year of this, his oldest brother freaked out because he saw a dark face in the windows that led to the screened porch. They all turned and saw it this time, as a group. Again, A's dad was visibly shaken, but he didn't deny it this time. He had been seeing it too, but in the main living area. Mm -mm. So had A's older brothers. They saw it looming over A almost every night. What? And nobody said anything. They all decided on the spot that they would chant the Lord's Prayer while holding hands in a circle and command it to leave. Mom was at work at this time. I also think it's very interesting that all the boys were seeing it. Ooh, because yeah. wasn't that something from one of your stories? I feel like, or maybe it was somebody else's story. I don't know. I feel like I've heard that before that like all the boys saw it and the mom couldn't. Like all the the males in the house saw it, but the mom couldn't. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. We yeah. did it vice versa. Can I say vice versa one more time? Do you say, vi- obviously you say vice versa, but have you heard people say vice versa? Yeah, I think so. Was I actually right this time? I, I say vice versa. Okay, me too. Obviously, because I said it five times. A's dad told me this story too, 
but from his perspective, and said that the room got super dark while they were chanting, even though it was midday in the summer. Mm-mm. Eventually, it lightened, and he said he felt it leave. After that ceremony, they all stopped seeing and feeling the shadow. But something new started. Oh, shit. Very vivid dreams. Over the years, they all had what seemed like very boring dreams about everyday life and world events. What they didn't know at the time is that those dreams would come true. What? Mm-hmm. I say this like I know the story. I don't. I'm reading. You know as much as I know. Uh-huh. A had a dream about our baby daughter at her first birthday, down to her outfit and decorations, four years before she was born. I remember this clearly because he woke me up smiling and told me that he dreamed about our daughter. I didn't think about this again until the day of her birthday party, and it was 100% accurate. He also had a dream about me specifically when he was only 15, and we didn't meet until he was 21. His dad dreamed about me too, but he doesn't tell me the details because he thinks it will affect our decisions down the road. What the fuck, dad? I want to know. Right? A's oldest brother had the scariest prophecies. His dreams were about world events and mostly the bad ones. He has correctly predicted several natural disasters like Hurricane Katrina when he was a teenager. He's in his mid-30s now. This would have been 10 or so years before the hurricane. None of them had this kind of phenomena before the shadow only after they forced it out. So the abilities for A don't stop there. He's also a medium of some kind. He can see or feel entities, but not usually dead people if you catch my drift. A is a very serious down-to-earth person, so he never told me about these abilities until we were looking at a farmhouse to buy. We had our baby girl at this point, and we were looking to move into a bigger house, hopefully somewhere We could have horses, which is my childhood dream. There was a farmhouse that we went to see that seemed perfect. Older, way under budget so we could flip it. Plenty of land and a convenient commute for A. We walked through the house and I fell in love with the original woodwork, old farm sink, and the little bits of charm. A, on the other hand, was acting very distant and serious. The house was okay until we went outside to check the root cellar. Oh, those fucking root cellars. I was going to say, get run. Can't fucking trust a root cellar. Mm-mm. I wouldn't go down. You know, spider webs everywhere. So A did alone. Even the realtor didn't want to go down the stairs. A got to the bottom, stood for 30 seconds, and came back up. No, we are not buying this house. Nothing else. No details. I, of course, was heartbroken, but I didn't push. Somewhere around six years later, A finally told me why. There was a very dark and old thing in that cellar, and it had very, very bad intentions. I was floored. He had never talked to me about this stuff before, except the one night he told me about the shadow 12 years before. He then proceeded to tell me that he sees and feels things sometimes, which is why he won't go to certain places or visit certain family members, like the century-plus-old Victorian home where I grew up. Another story for another day. Also, scary. He also has had extremely vivid dreams about heaven and hell. 
He had the heaven dream first. He woke up next to me in tears. He said it was so bright and beautiful and his beloved grandmother was there. She died when he was a kid and he felt a strong wave of God's love wash over him. Sounds great, right? Well, the next night he dreamt about hell. It was black and everything was moving and screaming and he was constantly being pushed, pulled, hit, kicked, and bitten by figures he couldn't see. He said this dream shook him hard. I remember because he clung to me all night and neither of us slept at all. We both ended up taking the day off work so he could get his mind off of it. Oh, God. Things have settled down now, but I am obviously aware of the paranormal and of the other side of the world that we see. I've had my own experiences, and I think we were brought together for a reason. Because of that, I watch our children very, very closely to make sure that they are spared from some of the things that their father and I have gone through. My daughter is normal for the most part, thankfully. She is very observant and is very aware of people's feelings in a way that a six-year-old should not be. I think she might be a bit of an empath. My son, however... He sees things. Oh, fuck. He tells us a lot about his shadow and how silly it is at night. I pray every day that this is just the sweet imagination of a four-year-old, not the early signs that he's a true medium. Anyway, hope y'all enjoyed this story. Someday I'll tell you my own experiences and some of the things my sister has gone through. It's another long one. Love, Nikki. Dang. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, uh, I don't, oh God. First, the shadow. Then the dreams. Uh, then the heaven and hell dreams. And then the kids. Uh-huh. Shook. Shooketh. Mm-mm. That was so good. So fucking detailed. Like, it's a book. It's a movie. It's Lifetime. <laughs> Hi, Donna and Carrie. You beautiful ladies. You longtime listener, first time sender. Ha. <laughs> I love when people say that. Yes. I listen to you guys while I work my boring ass job at a grocery store and studying for my nursing boards. It keeps me going. Good luck with the nursing boards. Yes, for sure. I have a few stories to share, but where oh where to begin? My first haunted apartment, my grandpa's haunted house, the small town murder that involves a freezer and body parts. Fuck. How about this one? My oldest son sees dead people. Uh, what? Long, because this is over a period of 13 years. I always knew something was different about my oldest son. I'll call him Bug from the time he was born. We had moved out of our haunted apartment and into a duplex-style house with no activity yet. The pregnancy was routine and went smoothly, and the first few weeks we were home pretty uneventful. Then, activity began picking up. I woke up to my front door being wide open one morning. Don't worry, evacuated the premises and called the police. They found nothing. And then the baby monitor began picking things up. Not an idiot. I know that baby monitors can pick up phone calls and stuff. But when the things coming through are look at the baby and what a sweet child and sweet dreams, Mm -mm. picking up phone conversations seems unlikely. As Bug grew, He began looking over my shoulder from time to time and smiling, showing toys to empty spaces and talking to no one in particular. Kind of creepy, but the doctors told me it was normal. Okay, question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) 
Flash forward to when Bug was about two. We visited the family in the Midwest, where my mom is from. And by visit the family, I mean visit the family, both living and past. Dun, dun, dun. My mom was driving, and me and Bug were riding on a beautiful summer day. Bug was pointing out cows and trees and a happy baby. As soon as we crossed the gates to the cemetery, Bug immediately shifted. I could see him getting upset and anxious. Getting out of the car was another story. He literally kicked and screamed when I got him out and immediately put his hands over his ears and began screaming loud, loud, loud. My mom, who is also as sensitive to some extent, but will deny it to the end, immediately picked him up, covered his ears, and said, it does get loud sometimes, though she denies ever saying this. She took Bug out to the road, and I was left to clean up spots and put flowers out and say, hello. Does it stop there? No. The next part is a little sad, but ends happy. When Bug was about four, we found out our family was going to grow by two feet. We were over the moon. But after our initial excitement, we told Bug and asked him the standard question, do you want a baby brother or sister? Just trigger warning, y'all. In his innocent little voice, he said, I want a baby sister, but that one already has wings. She won't come home. Oh, gosh. I brushed off his little comment because he's four, probably doesn't understand what having a baby means, and was unconcerned. About four months later, our sweet baby girl was born sleeping and had grown her wings and flown home. We were crushed, but Bug said she was beautiful now. About eight months later, Bug was sitting down eating breakfast and immediately stopped and looked beside him, like when someone's talking next to you. He then looked at me and asked, Mommy, when does the baby in your belly come out? I said, the baby in my belly already came out and she went to heaven. He looked at me a little confused and said, no, the lady said there's a baby in your belly. When does it come out? I took a test and lo and behold, two pink lines. After proceeding hesitantly and the first ultrasound looming, we again asked Bug, are you hoping for a baby brother or baby sister? He looked up at us and beamed, I already know I'm getting a baby brother and a baby sister at the same time. Eight months later, Buddy and Little Princess, a.k.a. Peanut, were born happy and healthy. Oh my goodness. I have other stories about Bug, but those were a few huge ones that stood out to me. Creep it real and don't stop being beautiful, Erin. Oh my goodness. Well, congrats on all your babies. Yes, and well, and thank you for sharing. Yes. But I think, too, like... How hard is it for a child to understand the loss of the baby that they thought was coming? Mm -hmm. And so how special that he, like, understood at such a young age, you know? Yeah. Wow, that was amazing. Yes. Holy crap. And, I mean, I need all your other stories. I was going to say, send in all the other ones that you mentioned. And more about Bug. Right? swear I was going to say, send in all the Bug stories. (laughs) Hey, Carrie and Donna. My name is Taya, and I'm from Texas. I love y'all's podcast, and I listen to it all the time, even now when I'm writing this. I'll try to keep it short. So, to set the scene, I was going to my friend's Halloween costume party. My parents weren't going, so it was, like, no rules. But, anyway. The first thing we did was eat a crap ton of candy and nachos. Then we did the creepy light as a feather, stiff as a board. Mm Mm-hmm. Been there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And when I got to go, I flipped because all of my friends' fingers were on me, but I got lifted, me being one of the smallest 13-year-olds in my school. So after that, I was like, guys, let's do a Ouija board. No. (laughs) Only me and another girl wanted to do it. So I'm like, hell yeah. We went into a dark room after I made my homemade Ouija board out of a piece of paper and a water bottle cap for the planchette. The girl tried to do it by herself and it didn't work. Another thing I forget to add that me and only two other girls were lifted during the game, but this girl did not get lifted. So I knew something was up. When I put my fingers on the planchette, I knew there was something dark. We did a thing like, is anyone there? And something responded, yes. So you know I'm going to ask, are you a nice spirit? And it said, no. Oh, shit. I was like freaking the fuck out. And then the other girl had the nerve to ask if it was going to curse us. And the thing actually said, yes. Uh Uh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. Don't like that. So I started freaking out even more. And I grabbed the Ouija board without saying goodbye. And I ripped it up and threw it in the trash. And then this motherfucker ran up to the girl who owned the house, and then that girl told her mom, and then she told my dad when he picked me up. So when we all got in the car, he was like, she told me you released a demon. (laughs) (laughs) And all I was like, oh, yeah, we were just messing around. This was never brought up again, but it still haunts me to this day because I don't know if it was really a demon or what. I love y'all so much, and I listen to you guys literally every day, and I am so, so sorry for any grammar mistakes. (laughs) I hope y'all like my story, and feel free to use my name, Love, Taya, from Texas. Oh my gosh, Taya, that was so good. Like, that had, like, 13-year-old girl written all over it. I I know, I loved it. Also, LOL at the dad being like, so you released a demon? (laughs) Is that true? Because <laughs> I don't even know what my parents would have said. Like, get your ass in the car. What did you do? You know. My mama would have been like, what the fuck did you do? I don't know what Patty would have said. Actually, this is what she would say. The parent would be telling her and like, look, your daughter released a deem. And like, they'd say deem. She'd be like, don't even go there mm-hmm. and put her finger up. Ricky Lake style and be mm-hmm. like, a bye bitch. And then... Because the Elwin kids could do no wrong, y'all. Uh, duh. Okay. This one says, This story is not such a true crime, but more as a cautionary tale. It was told to my mom by my sister-in-law, Morgan. A little bit of backstory. She worked in a salon. One day, a client came in to get her hair done, and she told her that her daughter had gone shopping in a nearby town, and halfway home, her daughter had to go to the bathroom. So picture it, as y'all say, they stop at the gas station and the daughter is old enough to go into the bathroom by herself. So the mom waits in the car for her. So the time is passing and she thinks, my, she's been gone a while. So the mom decides she should go in and check on her. And she sees two men carrying a passed out teen. So the mom asked the men what they are doing and they said the girl looks sick and they were taking her to the hospital. So the mom told them no way they were taking her anywhere and it was her daughter and they dropped her and ran as fast as they could. So the mom 
gets her to the hospital, and when she woke up, all she remembered was seeing a lady speaking in a foreign language on the phone and a white cloth with some kind of stuff that made her pass out. Oh my fuck. Needless to say, the story ended well. It could have taken another turn if the mom didn't go in and check on her. They think the ladies and the assholes involved were trying to kidnap her and sell her off for sex trafficking. Okay, sorry it's so long and my spelling and grammar are horrible. I have more stories to tell y'all. Hells yeah. Oh my gosh, send them all in. Okay, I'm going to say the title of this because what the fuck? These are picked by the date we get them. Mm Mm-hmm called the creepy old house that tortured me oh my gosh well if you wanted to watch hgtv think again because honey this real estate like real estate market down it's gonna crash after this episode oh okay (laughs) (laughs) because we're that powerful yeah hi ladies i love your show and now that i'm finally caught up i wanted to share some of the creepy things i've experienced Feel free to use my name so I can fangirl hard when you say my name on the podcast. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have her name. No, I'm just kidding, girl. We got you. <laughs> All right. I live in Massachusetts, so a lot of the houses are really old, like 1600s old. I was living with my aunt, and she had always told me that weird things happened in her house. I have always been sensitive to paranormal activity around me, but I've never felt uneasy in her home. Well. Until. Until she left me home alone for the first time. Oh, shit. I was 18, so picture 2006. And I had just come home from getting my first tattoo. And guess what it was? If you say a fucking Ouija board. Nope, a tramp stamp. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I was in my bedroom, laying on my bed, on my stomach, Just texting whoever when I heard the basement door slam. Mm -mm. The basement door was under the back deck and led out to the yard. I figured the door was not latched tight and I went down to lock it. I went down to the basement and opened the door and the storm door was not only latched, but the inside door was locked too. At that moment, I had the most overwhelming feeling of dread. I ran back up to my bed, locked my bedroom door, and got underneath the covers. I figured I was just imagining things, but about five minutes later, I heard the door slam again. Mm -mm. I was so scared that my heart started pounding so hard, I heard it in my ears. I just laid there with the lights on under the covers, not moving. I don't know how much time passed, but eventually I heard the front door open It was my aunt. She came to my bedroom door and knocked because she wanted to see my tattoo. But I was literally frozen in fear and did not answer. Mm. Well, I'm sure that made your aunt panic. Right? She asked me the next day why I locked my room. I told her what had happened the night before and she said, yeah, I told you the house was haunted. Damn. Another freaky thing that happened in the house was in the same year, It was Christmas, and the whole family was at the house. My cousin was sitting on a chair just outside the archway to the kitchen, and she was facing the TV. She asked, who's in the kitchen? To which we all replied, no one. We are all right here. She said that she could see something moving in the kitchen in the reflection on the TV screen, and it looked like a man. Mm -mm. 
We all thought it was weird, but didn't think much of it. Well, later on, my dad was sitting right in front of the archway to the kitchen, and he was in a wheelchair. So that's why he was not sitting at the chair that my cousin had previously been sitting at. We snapped a picture of him holding up a gift, probably fucking socks because we're that lame family. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally the lame family, too. I get my dad socks and underwear. Mm-hmm. We used to get my grandpa pajamas. That's so funny. I mean, pajamas are fucking expensive. They are. Well, hell, well, women's panties, uh, Mm -hmm. plus size women's panties, fucking expensive, Mm y'all. Men's underwear, well, if you're not getting, you know, like name brand shit, if you go to Walmart, you can have like a pack of 12 for $6. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, uh, one pair, I'm sorry, one underwear costs us, damn, $7.50. Mm-hmm. $12.50. Yeah. Whatever, 50. (laughs) We're not bitter. We're just saying. Mm -hmm. When we had the film developed, that picture of my dad was all in color, except his face was completely black and white. All of the other pictures from that film were completely fine. Weird. Mm Mm-hmm. He was sitting right in front of the spot where my cousin thought she had seen someone in the kitchen. We figured that the film was just developed improperly, so he took the negatives back to have the picture reprinted. It came out the same way, all color, except for my dad's face. I would have attached the photo, but it's buried in a bin somewhere. If I ever get around to it, I'll post it in the Facebook group. I hope you like these stories. Sorry if it's too long and rambly. I have a ton more that I'll share if you want. I love, love, love listening to you gals. You get me through my workday. Creep it real, Brittany. Oh my God, Brittany. I hope you find that picture, but totally understand it being in the bottom of a bin. Uh, yes. 100. Also, we want all the stories, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Keep sending them in. Yes. And that was not too long and rambly at all. We do not judge. Trust us. These were really good. So crazy how it was like almost like a theme for the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about a fucking haunted house. Mm-hmm. Better not be this one. Oh, God, no. Dang. Those were really good. If y'all want us to read your story, send them in to us, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. We have one more Sinister Sightings to read during the 31 Nights of Halloween, and we want to try to make them all Halloween-related. So if you have any stories, it can be funny, scary, you know, silly, long, short, whatever. We want to know. Send them in, and y'all can be included on that Halloween-themed Sinister Sightings. Mm -hmm. So that means we need these stories in a week. So I'm super excited to see what y'all will share with us because you know shit goes down on Halloween. This has been a good start to the 31 Nights of Halloween. I cannot wait for the freaking rest of the month. It is just beginning. I know. So y'all stay tuned for all of the Halloween goodness. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.